and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. James Day, live from the Focus on Pocus Studios. Today, we have Dr. Paul Borneman as our honored guest. Paul H. Borneman is currently Associate Professor of Family and Preventative Medicine, Program Director of the Family Medicine Residency Program, and Director of Primary Care Ultrasound at the University of South Carolina School of Medicine. Dr. Borneman is board certified in family medicine and has a RMSK and RPVI certifications from APCA. He has experience inducing point of care, excuse me, he has experience introducing point of care ultrasound curricula in family medicine residency programs, has multiple publications on the topic, and teaches it regularly at national conferences. So how are you today, Paul? James, great to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. So glad to have you here today. Um, so, I, you know, I know that what's going on right now is the family medicine experience. Uh, the convention is in New Orleans this year. And I noticed there was a POCUS interest group uh, providing workshops that you had a big hand in creating. You want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it down there myself, but um, the uh, the the site of POCUS in the um, nationally in the uh, family medicine world has really um, been been growing over the past few years. Um, we started with a member interest group in 2016. And it's um, grown to over, I think we have last check, over 350 members. And um, one of the things that came up at the uh, FMX, the National Convention, two years ago was a Congress of Delegates um, resolution was passed asking the, the AAFP to um, formally provide more uh, CME education in the area of uh, point-of-care ultrasound, and also asking that the um, residency programs, uh, it's a non-binding resolution, but asking that residency programs all incorporate point-of-care ultrasound in their training. And so from from there, we've uh, made a lot of progress in incorporating more CME programs uh, relating to point-of-care ultrasound into the American Academy of Family Physicians uh, CME offerings, and they have several um, per year uh, national level CME conferences on different topics, and we've been able to incorporate uh, point-of-care ultrasound into a lot of them through some of the uh, uh, members of the, uh, the point-of-care uh, ultrasound member interest group and then also just other faculty um, who have been uh, interested in uh, kind of helping to pioneer point-of-care ultrasound in family medicine and primary care. That's great, because I know it's been a battle for many years. I've heard about integrating um, POCUS into a medical school curriculum and trying to fit it into an already stuffed curriculum. Yeah. And that's, all, that's good stuff. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. So, you know, uh, you know the, why is the POCUS movement uh, in, important for primary care and medicine? Well, I think that um, the way that I look at it is from a big picture perspective. Um, in the United States, if you look at the, the way the healthcare systems run right now, 
we spend more money per per capita, per patient, per percent of our GDP than any other industrialized country. Um, you know, 17% now, I think, percent of our GDP of all the, the economy is spent on healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. The next closest industrialized country is France, and they only spend like 12%. And, you know, what do we get in return for that? If you look at some of the um, the outcomes, you know, we have the lowest life expectancy, highest infant mortality, um, <laughs> highest chronic disease burden. So we're spending a lot of money, and we're not getting a whole lot for it. And there's probably lots of reasons um, that we could delve into why, why that is. But one of them, at least a contributing factor, is that we do spend a lot of money on diagnostic testing. Um, we spend, uh, sorry, we in the United States on average per 100 people have, um, do 10 MRIs and 24 CTs. Wow. Um, so that's of the general population out of 100 people, 24 CTs, 10 MRIs. And that's, again, that's more than twice the next closest industrialized country. So again, so we're spending a lot more money, we're doing a lot more testing, and it's not getting us better outcomes. So it's not to say that spending more, doing more testing is really, um, you know, a better way to do things. It's it's, it's just costing more money and um, not really providing uh, what we'd hope it would. So I think that's where point-of-care ultrasound comes in. Not that it would replace that testing, but um, one of its most valuable uses is that it can be used to sort of triage patients and figure out which ones um, may need further testing and which ones you can kind of reassure yourself that there's not something serious going on um, that uh, that you can kind of treat them conservatively, uh, at least initially. And there's, there's good data coming out now to back that up. There's um, been a study that came out from the, the New England Journal of Medicine in 2015 where they looked at um, using ultrasound to triage patients who came into the ER with uh, suspected uh, kidney stones, and they found that um, you know whether the radiologist did the ultrasound or whether a, an emergency room doctor did it, they were able to decrease the um, amount of CTs by 50%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's by using ultrasound first, a, a limited protocol to triage patients to getting a CT or not. And the outcomes were just the same. You know, either group, they did just as well, but they were able to decrease the cost, decrease the number of CTs, and, of course, decrease the radiation to the patients. Um, there have been similar studies that looked at MSK injuries and um, yeah. the number of MRIs that were ordered and you know, looking at when ultrasound could have been used instead. And they found that there was a big study in 2010 that found that probably almost uh, half of uh, MRIs that were ordered in one health system could have been uh, replaced by uh, ultrasound uh, initially and saved you know, potentially billions of dollars over the course of uh, the time period they were looking at. So, um, in a, you know, and additionally, if you look at um, procedures, and the way that um, ultrasound now has been shown to decrease the rate of complications in a lot of different procedures like central lines, which are done very commonly in the hospital, um, uh, mm-hmm. almost any procedure where we're putting a needle into a patient, there's data that using ultrasound guidance can um, help decrease complications. And of course, if you decrease complications, you're, you're doing the better service to the patient and you're also decreasing cost to the system. So. You know, in summary, there's a lot of uh, data that ultrasound can, um, you know, help triage patients and uh, to, you know, for who would need further testing and help decrease the the complications of procedures. And there's there's more and more data coming out now that these point of care applications can be done by non-specialists. By um, it doesn't require doing a, an entire residency training to do these specific protocols. And I think us in primary care have a lot of potential to to build upon the ground that really has been broken, the trails that have been blazed by 
um, some of the other pioneering specialties like emergency medicine, who mm-hmm. back in the you know, late 80s, early 90s, started with the, uh, the fast scans, the focused uh, abdominal sonography and trauma, and then from there really built upon the uh, toolbox um, for different uh, point-of-care ultrasound protocols. And, um, and I think the exciting thing for us in, in primary care now that we're just starting to get into the to the world that they created is that almost all of those applications in, in emergency medicine and trauma have some room in, in primary care too. They have some application, but then there's also lots of other areas yet to be discovered that we're just now starting to think about in primary care um, to, to where we could use point-of-care ultrasound for, for applications that really haven't been thought about before. Um, like managing chronic diseases, like heart failure, um, hypertension, screening for triple uh, A's, um, things like that, which you know are more of a chronic care, preventative care um, sort of uh, application of, of point of care ultrasound, which is which yeah. is really brand new. And I think that gets back to some of the reasons why this is um, a really exciting thing in, in primary care now, and really starting to take off on a national level for us. That's great. You know, back to your point, I remember with the IJ cannulation, before it was a standard of care, it was done anatomically. And I think the hospital that I was at, we averaged about, uh, it was about two medical mistakes a month. And after we uh, made all the residents during residency orientation and used the simulation center and, you know, the, the old blue phantom, um, you know, task trainers and, and with ultrasound guided IJ insertion, I in one year, we had none. Yeah. So it was pretty pretty exciting. And, and I think gone. it also increases the, the availability of these procedures. For example, in our clinic now, with ultrasound guidance, we feel a lot safer about um, doing outpatient procedures like, uh, like paracentesis or thoracentesis, which in the past, these patients would have to go to the, um, the emergency room to get it done. But we have some patients with chronic conditions who need a paracentesis or thoracentesis, you know, every week, every other week, and they were having to go to the emergency room and wait around for hours every time. But um, now that we can do it so safely with ultrasound, we feel very comfortable just having them come into our outpatient clinic and get it done there on a regular basis, which is really better for everybody. Yeah, awesome. That's awesome. Now, just, uh, I know everybody's in the game now, and we did have our emergency room brothers and sisters pioneering this some time ago. And I want to ask you, so do do primary care providers, do they need to worry about stepping on the toes of uh, specialists, radiologists, cardiologists, and such? Yeah, I think that's that's a great question because that is um, a concern, I think, of a lot of, uh, a lot of primary care doctors and maybe one of the reasons why mm-hmm. They have some uh, trepidation about uh, learning ultrasound or, or going into the to that area, but um, I think you know it gets down to if you really look at what the definition of POCUS or point of care ultrasound, what it what it really is. And, and for me, I think of it as a a focused exam that's performed at the bedside. So we're not doing you know a complete assessment of the entire abdomen or or heart, but we're really doing something focused by the clinician who's taking care of the patient at the, at the bedside of the patient and directed to asking a specific question, um, pref- preferably an evidence-based protocol or question that they can use to then diagnose or treat the patient or you know, perform a procedure, um, but, but there while they're taking care of the patient. So it gives them real-time feedback, answers a question in real time that allows them to change the way they're taking care of that patient and provide better care. So it's really not something that I 
would see ever taking the place of um, specialists who do the more comprehensive uh, exams, uh, such as radiologists or cardiologists. Um, and I think, you know, there there may still be some concern about um, you know turf and um, I think some specialists may have some <laughs> yeah. concerns too but 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 you know the other thing that I say is I, I think that this is you know the 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 um, idea of point of care ultrasound it's it's a tidal wave that's coming regardless of whether people you know want it to or not and and you know first of all again I'll reiterate that I don't think it's replacing anything that um, the specialists are doing. But mm-hmm. my second point is that it's it's coming whether people want it to or not. And there's several reasons for that. And, you know, the first is what I had already went into in some detail about the growing evidence about how this can help um, improve patient care, decrease the cost of care. But also if you look at um, medical education now and the medical schools that are teaching point-of-care ultrasound in their curricula, that's exploded over the past um, 10, 12 years. It started with one or two schools back in 2006 or so. And mm-hmm. now, the last time I checked, it's, you know, it's well over 60 schools that say they have some sort of curriculum um, and probably a lot more that do some sort of ultrasound teaching. And these students are all graduating and going into residency programs and specialty programs, a lot of them going into uh, primary care. And they have the skills to, to you know, do point-of-care ultrasound. And they want to, you know, they like it. They've learned it. They see how useful it can be and how, how you know, how they can do it. And they want to continue to use that in their specialty when they're taking care of patients. Um, so we have a lot of uh, providers coming out of um, school with ultrasound skills. And then at the same time, we've seen over the past, uh, you know, five, ten years, this explosion of smaller ultrasounds that are less expensive, that are easy to carry around, um, much more portable and, and really good quality. And I think, you know, when you you see those three things overlapping the uh the evidence the uh the education and the availability of these devices there's just no way that this uh, can can be stopped at this point even if there are some some uh, specialties or or not specialties but probably more individuals who who may have some concerns so i think the the key take home point is really this is coming and we just need to learn how to adapt it into our system so that we can all benefit from it that specialists um, generalists can all work together to provide the best care um, for the patients and uh, and that's really what you know the the bottom line is you know, I took uh, some years ago, last December, at the University of South Carolina, I had a primary care workshop. And what struck me was uh, everyone in the crowd, most of the physicians, there were some that came as far away as Hawaii, and they had, like, no exposure. And by the end of that uh, weekend, they really, they really had a nice skill level to the point of doing basic protocols with the ultrasound. And I was amazed by that. And you were part of that. You, t- you taught a couple stations and did a presentation as part of that. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, so what's kind of happening on the national level regarding uh, primary care? And you've kind of touched on it and point-of-care ultrasound, sort of like, uh, I guess, yeah. pri- primary care organizations like the American Academy of Family Physicians and their positions relating to POCUS. Yeah, yeah, like like I was saying there's really been a lot of interest especially over the past few years. I mean, it's really come from almost nothing to something that's almost ubiquitous. I, I remember when I first started getting interested in ultrasound five years ago, I didn't know anybody else in primary care who really even knew about what was going on. And I was I was in the military where there was uh, you know, a lot of uh 
mm-hmm. uh, operational providers, you know, who would who would be in, in situations where potentially point-of-care ultrasound would be invaluable just because they don't have other resources. Um, so it went from from that to to where we are now, where almost everybody knows about it. Most uh, practitioners are, you know, either interested in learning it or, or starting to learn it, and a lot of residency programs are also starting to incorporate it into their curricula. As I said, in 2016, the Congress of Delegates made the recommendation that all uh, family medicine residency programs uh, start teaching point-of-care ultrasound in their curricula. Mm-hmm. And um, later that year, the American Academy of Family Physicians also came out with a uh, POCUS curriculum guideline, which is available online now. If you, you Google AAFP POCUS curriculum guideline, um, that document's there and endorsed by the AAFP. So um, so it, it's really amazing to me just how quickly this has grown just over the past two to five years um, and, and how ubiquitous it is, the interest and point-of-care ultrasound now. Yeah, I, I even, I, quick story, I remember, you know, I was a cardiac sonographer downtown Philadelphia at the Graduate Hospital, and we had a residence, residency program, cardiology, and uh, I, I actually taught, you know, the residents, I go, look, you guys can do this, here's a button, and um, here's a subcostal view, you know, you want to, stop calling me, stop paging me, I don't want to come in <laughs> on the weekend, you know, and I did it out of, <laughs> yeah, for that reason, and yeah. then as it went along, you know, they just wanted to learn more and more, and that was probably, golly, 96, 97, yeah. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest barriers initially is just that fear of stepping into an area where you're not supposed to be. And, I, you know, as a, as a doctor, you know, or a family medicine doctor, in the past, we didn't think we should put an ultrasound probe on somebody's heart because that's not what we do and we don't want to, you know, step outside our comfort zone. And, and I think that's one of the biggest barriers initially is just realizing like, hey, this is something that, you know, under specific circumstances and with the correct training, we can do safely and uh, it can actually improve the care of patients and be really a lot of fun doing as well. Sure, sure. Listen, uh, Dr. Borman, Thanks a lot, Paul. We, we really appreciate you taking the time to be here on today's show. And it's really an honor to have you on our podcast. And Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Jim. And we want to thank you, thank you so much. Right. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, Focus on Pocus. Be sure to tune in with us next week for more interviews with thought leaders that are on the forefront of global point-of-care ultrasound. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intelios. This podcast is for information purposes only.